You're listening to Emergent, backed by Crestbridge. We aim to provide a community and platform to support, inform and connect the next generation of fund managers. Our host Alex DeSanto, Group Head of Private Equity at Crestbridge, is joined by Giles Johnson-Scott, Head of Jersey Operations at Medici. In today's episode, we discuss the spin-out process for emerging managers and the associated challenges Medici experienced. Morning, Giles. Um, Great to see you today. Uh, To start with, uh, perhaps if you could give a brief overview of the history of Medici, um, your investment focus and your role in the business. Yeah, of course. Yeah, morning, Alex. Uh, Thanks very much for having me on on your podcast, your third podcast, I believe. So thanks for the invite. Um, Yeah, Medici and our history, uh, investment focus and team. Yeah, absolutely. So Medici, as you probably know, was established uh, as a spin out from Index Ventures back in 2016. And it was set up by the founder, uh, former life science partners or team at Index Ventures, uh, headed up by Francesco De Robertis, Michelle Ollier, Giuseppe Zocco, Kevin Johnson, and David Granger. So they'd successfully piloted the IL6 fund. So this was an index fund purely focused on life science. Uh, that really gave them the track record and kind of the launch pad um, to think about spinning out and you know, setting up their own shop. Um, so yeah, in terms of investment focus, it is life science, um, invest in novel science, drug discovery. So drugs that basically aim to, you know, cure or help people with an unmet medical need. That's their, you know, that's their niche. Um, and they typically, um, yeah, typically only invest in, in areas, like I say, where there's, you know, current medicine available for that particular disease or illness that we're investing in, um. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking to invest in something that's more efficacious, uh, better than what's on the market at the time, or completely novel. Uh, in terms of team, um, as you can imagine, as a life science team, half the team are scientists, and the other half, or just under half, are based on the operations team. Um, you know, the, the scientists obviously are experts in their fields, so whether it's oncology, CNS, uh, cardiology, women's health, etc. And then there's the operations team, which focus on the you know the day-to-day operations, obviously, of the business and the funds under management. I sit in Jersey, the team of four. Um, I was lucky enough to join Medici uh, in 2016, actually on secondment during the spin-out phase, and then on a permanent basis uh, shortly after that. So yeah, my day today is governance, compliance, fund operations, uh, and I sit on the board of the manager, which is the you know the decision-making entity for for all of the funds that we that we look after. Very interesting, and it sounds like it's been a, a very busy period since 2016. Just thinking back to the the spin out from Index Ventures, maybe if we could touch on the primary drivers behind that spin out, and, and maybe some of the challenges that you went through during the the spin out process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of primary drivers, you know, the establishment of Medici and the spin out was was a natural process, really, and it was led by the vision of the founders, particularly you know Francesco. Um, you know, all the people that led the spin out were index people. So that, you know, the relation and that relationship remains, you know, really strong. Um, albeit, you know, we are kind of two separate houses now. But I think unlike some spin outs, um, you know, the degree of kind of um animosity or whatever wasn't really there. You know, they were never co- gonna compete in the same area uh, in terms of strategy or or even, you know, event you know, index focus on tech and Medici focus on life science. So I think that made the process a little bit more natural. Um, and also, you know, you know, luckily, you know, Index were there to provide that platform for, for Medici to to help them during that, that spin out and startup phase. Um, in terms of challenges, I think, you know, with any kind of like change to business models, there's always challenges in terms of, 
you know, protecting what's what's already in place and making sure your kind of new venture is given a strong enough platform to start from. Um, you know, you know, you've been through kind of multiple changes in ownership in the fund admin world, and it's you know, it's not that different really. But you know, the overriding strategy has always been the same, and um, you know, I don't think we'd get a much better platform than the one provided by Index. You know, back during that spin-out phase, but also in the in the couple of years after that. So, so thinking about the, the spin-out again and the the potential crossover from Index uh, Ventures investors to Medici Ventures, um, when you went through the fundraising process, what were the the kind of key questions being asked by your your potential investors? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, on the investor expectation uh, and those conversations, I think it was. You know, it was pretty straightforward, uh, at least from my kind of, at that point, outside perspective. You know, I wasn't involved in the direct communications, but, um, you know, there's always, there was always you know, an established LP base from that pilot fund, um, which did well, had a good track record. So I think those conversations were slightly easier. You know, it's a case of saying, look, you know, we've done it under the index umbrella. Um, it's worked. You know, the IL6, the pilot fund worked really well. You know, great, great returns, some good exits and some great investments. Um, and that really gave, you know, Medici the launch pad to, to go out and, and set up their first fund, you know, pure, pure Medici fund, if you like, um, for, for MV1. And it was shortly followed by the growth fund. Um, the LP base for the Medici funds, I think, you know, still to this day includes, you know, a, a large, a large swathe, a large chunk of, um, you know, the existing index ventures fund investors, if that makes sense. So I think that, you know, that hopefully speaks for itself. Uh, and then obviously on top of that, like in, any fund manager, and we've looked to diversify that LP base um, and grow new relationships. Interesting. I'm thinking about fundraising now, Giles, I guess Crestbridge, we do a lot of work with first-time managers, spin-outs, but also well-established managers. For first-time funds, as you know, it's occasionally difficult to attract LP capital, but it's slightly different. I'd say very different, I'd say, for spin-outs, given the team have a proven track record and a history of investing in a specific strategy. Medici have raised a number of successful funds since 2016 and continue to attract capital from some large institutions. What do you feel the key drivers are to that fundraising success? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, good question. Pro probably one best answered by our kind of GPs. So, you know, there's you know, two particular people that spring to mind. Francesca De Ribitas, obviously our founder, and Gio Pericolini, uh, our CFO. They really lead the fundraising, the fundraising process. You know, that said, you know, I've seen us raise... Well, four funds, you know, nearly five now, um, in different markets, different conditions. Um, but I think, you know, track record, obviously, like you say, in terms of people and returns uh, is key. Um, you know, giving the story around our strategy, obviously, um, and giving these investors a kind of a, well, hopefully, you know, exposure to a you know, unique investment strategy, straight philosophy. Um, but on top of that, even as a startup, you know, they want to see that you're well, well organized and that you've got a, you know, a decent um, or well-oiled kind of machine in terms of operations. So I don't think they'll give you any kind of um, any goodwill, if you like, um, just because you're a startup or spin out. They expect you to be operating uh, like any other fund manager. Yeah, I agree. I'm thinking, I guess, thinking about the future of fundraising, given the the ongoing economic uncertainty. How how do you think fundraising and deal making will be at, impacted, at least from the Medici perspective, over the next the next 12, 18 months? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely fair to say it's harder at the moment to, to raise capital. Um, obviously, you want track record, you know, the asset allocators and the LPs that, that are looking to invest, you know, their investors' money, you know, probably tending to go, 
go to the kind of the safe, you know, the safe, the safe places with the, you know, the GPs and the fund managers that are, you know, they've got those relationships with. So bringing in new, you know, new LPs is probably more of a challenge. Um, and, you know, um, being able to rely on your existing LP base to fund you, um, you know, for your next fund, I think is, is massively, massively important. Um, that said, I think on the, just generally, like the DDQs that we're seeing coming through now, you know, they're way more, way more detailed, ever more detailed. And even just a couple of years ago, um, there's a great focus on not just, you know, you're going to make us money, but you're going to make us money in a, in a sustainable way. Um, they need to report that back to their investor base and it's becoming more of a, you know, some people are you know, really pushing out impact funds, which you'll have seen, but I think other fund managers that are going to you know, stay focused on their existing strategy are just kind of bringing their story together on you know, how it works from a sustainable perspective. That's definitely um, high up on the list, I think, now. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I guess Medici as a business is very focused on ESG and yourself personally are very committed and focused on, on ESG as well. What, what's your approach? What's the Medici approach to ESG and how important is it to you and, and your investors? Yeah, so it's been, yeah, definitely been a learning curve, I think. You know, at first, you know, it's a massive topic. Um, yeah, I'm sure you've, you've looked into it as well uh, and you can really go down any number of rabbit holes. But what we've done really is have a look at our business model, have a look at, you know, how the E, the S and the G apply to us as a fund manager, how it applies to our kind of, supply chain and most importantly our portfolio companies so um, that that's been the kind of that's been the general approach and then where we are at the moment you know, in-house um, you know, we're looking to sign up to become a signatory to PRI hopefully going to get that done this year which is great um, that's you know even just the application process and the kind of um, policies and procedures that you need to have in place um, that's been actually quite helpful in informing kind of the decisions that we're going to hopefully be facing and making uh, in the next few months. And then at fund level, um, you know, it's about being able to report the story back to the investors. Um, for us, you know, we invest in virtual biotechs, yeah. maybe two, three people, no office space, you know, very little footprint in terms of, um, well, in terms of everything really. You know, we, we want that team to focus on developing the molecule, not necessarily putting in place lots of policies and procedures. So. We are, you know, supporting our portfolio companies through training, uh, through um, you know, basic policies and procedures, and then we're diving through those portfolio companies to the to their suppliers, so the CROs that do the kind of drug development work, you know, in their labs, and looking at what their impact is on the environment, extracting our share of that, uh, and then looking to report that as one of the metrics to to our investor base, uh, hopefully by the end of the year. That's great to hear. I think venture capital historically has been slow to catch up on on this this type of thing. So it's great that you're focused on it and put, putting a lot of energy and commitment into it. So good to hear. And I guess maybe rounding off to, to get into some of the nitty gritty on operational matters, given your role, ESG is one of the many um, operational considerations you need to think about these days on top of global regulation, tax, increasing data demands from your investor base. I guess from the Medici perspective, with a relatively small operations team, how do you keep on top of all of those operational demands, ensure both internal and external stakeholders, i.e. your investors are happy, not not just in the short term, but also you're you're future-proofing your business for the long term as the environment evolves and things are increasingly complex? Yeah, I mean, that comes back to having a good network, I think. So, you know, working closely with... With your lawyers, you know your tax advisors, your administrators, um, staying on top of what's happening, you know in the industry more widely. Um, there's always something coming along, 
Um, at the moment, you know, we've been focused on, or we are focused on kind of responsible investment in ESG. But there's other things, you know, in-house uh, IFPR example um, that you know all require attention, all require work. Um, and if you have got a relatively small operations team, you know, you need to be able to rely and lean on lean on that network. So you know, you know yourself as you know, head of head of the funds business, um, you know, they play a massively important role for for spin out fund managers, first time fund managers, you know, existing big fund managers. You know, they, I think that's kind of one of the big selling points I think for for the fund admin industry. Right. Um, I think that's all the questions I had. So I think um, yeah, thanks again for your time today, Joe. It's great great to see you again and. Yeah, thanks very much. You've been listening to Emergent, backed by Crestbridge. Our community focuses on supporting private capital executives raising a first or second institutional fund, spinning out, diversifying away from their core strategy or whose businesses are minority or female-owned. Being a part of Emergent gives you access to experts, peers and senior executives to help you build your profile. To join Emergent or find out more episodes of our podcast, go to our website, emergentinsight.org. For more information on how Christbridge supports first-time managers and emerging managers with operational excellence, to ensure that they are in the best possible position to meet challenges head-on, visit our website, christbridge.com.